Welcome to Roman's Road, the podcast of me, Eddie Roman. This is where we talk about evangelism and apologetics and all kinds of Christian stuff. Today, I had the opportunity of interviewing Andrew Rappaport. And Andrew is a very longtime friend. He's an open-air preacher over on the East Coast, but he goes all over America and different parts of the world. So I just want to, I want to thank you so much, Andrew, and welcome you to the Romans Road podcast. Well, it is an honor being with you. It is uh, something where, as you mentioned, our friendship goes back a long ways. Yes. And and we've gotten to learn a lot from each other. Uh, I really value your friendship. And I, I was thrilled when you said, hey, I want to start podcasting because you have so much to offer people. Um, I've already heard, gotten feedback on some of the stuff from your podcast where people are getting encouraged to get out and evangelize, and they were like, I never thought I could do some of these things. And it's like, yeah, we can. some of the things are not very hard to do. No. just need to go out and do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate that. And um, Andrew, I don't, I don't know if you realize this, but you are pretty much the reason I am podcasting <laughs> right now because it's something I wanted to do for a very long time. And you started your podcast, and then and you, you figured s- if I could do it, anyone could do it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just like people are thinking that about evangelism now with me. They're like, if that guy can do it, anyone can. But, it, you know, so Andrew, and then you also started the Christian podcast community, right? T- yes. You know what? T- tell us a little bit about that before we get into this. Because even the people who've been listening to my podcast, I- I've mentioned it once, but I haven't really explained exactly what it is. So what is that? The community is a little different than a podcast network. A lot of people are used to hearing networks of podcasts, but that's where uh, the network owns everything. They control everything. Mm. We we wanted to get some benefits of podcasters to train them. We we view it at Striving Fraternity, we view it as discipleship. It's just another form of discipling. Podcasting is one of the main ways of teaching now. People have moved from YouTube to podcasting, and we want to disciple people to, to not only produce better quality, which in your case, you know, you kind of have the professionalism <laughs> with, with all the audio video you do for right. a living, but, but we wanted to help people with good quality, but then also good content. Yeah. And that's our goal, is to disciple them. We don't see it as a money-making thing. We see it as a thing where we get to disciple people. Mm-hmm. And so that's our whole goal, is just to produce good content. Here's the real goal. The goal is, if you look, religion and spirituality is the largest category in Apple Podcasts. I mean, like twice as large as the next largest thing. That's crazy. And if you go search there, the, the top thing you're going to find is Joel Olstein, uh, Joyce Meyer. I mean, you got to go down a ways before you get to anyone solid. I thought you said it was Christian podcasts. Exactly. Well, that's, that's under religion and spirituality. Oh, okay, Even under okay. Christian is still that. Right. If you go religion and spirituality, it takes a lot longer to get to someone solid. If you go Christian, at least you go six or seven before you get to MacArthur or R.C. Sproul or someone like that. But yeah. here's the thing. I would like to see enough good Christian podcasters promoting each other so that Joel Steen falls off the charts and we get Romans Road on top. You know, mm, so hey, be good. I'm all for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and so if, if someone wants to check out more about the Christian podcast community or if they want to see what other podcasts are on there, how can they find that? Christianpodcastcommunity.org. Okay. We have, all, we have right now, depending when this goes up, we're working on a brand new website and we have six more podcasts to add. That'll make a total of 20 podcasts wow. that we have. That's great. So, and so we're growing, and we haven't even started like reaching out to people and saying, "Hey, do you want to be part of us?" Yeah. <laughs> so you're not a network, but you look like a network, but you work very differently than a network. Yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah. So, so check out the Christian Christian Podcast Community. 
dot com and dot org dot org yeah. yeah don't go to dot com well dot com, I messed up size website yeah. too I don't well, know well see if you here's the difference dot com is for podcasters dot mm-hmm. dot com will get you to if you want to be a podcaster with us and dot org oh. gets you to where all the podcasts are so all roads lead to Andrew Appleport's uh, <laughs> podcast <laughs> yeah all all Empire. roads lead to Christian podcast that's community. Right. there okay. you go well that's so good. not all the roads lead to Romans Road they no <laughs> Romans Road goes to Romans Road and that's it. Well, Andrew, there is an issue that comes up once in a while while we're open-air preaching. And this is, this is kind of one of those things that atheists, skeptics, a lot of times this, this is like their atom bomb. This is the thing they throw out there. And in their mind, they think, show's over, I just won this battle, and this, this Christian is going to have absolutely nothing to say. And it is, a, it is a, you know, at face value, it's a pretty complicated thing. Um, it's the issue of slavery. And so even Christians reading the Bible will, will see the, this, these different things about slaves and will be like, man, what is that doing in there? You know, God allowed slavery and different things like that. So, so for Christians, it definitely takes some studying and reading the context and just figuring out what exactly is this being, what, what's being spoken of here. But in an evangelism situation, in an apologetic situation, it's one of those things that skeptics will just throw at us. You know, why are there slaves in the Bible? You, you got, you know, where are your slaves? Do you own any slaves? You're a Christian. The, you like the Bible. The Bible says you can own slaves. So, Andrew, how do you deal with that? You know, how, how are we to think of the issue of slavery in the Bible? Yeah, it, it actually is a logical fallacy. Mm-hmm. It's called a fallacy of equivocation. What they're equivocating on is the word slavery. Okay. So they're taking the word slavery and they're thinking or they're implying the African slave trade where people were kidnapped, brought to other countries and forced labor. They, they had no rights. They were property of another human being. Right. They couldn't make money. There was no chance of freedom. And they were, they were at the whim of their master. So I've seen, you know, I saw the series Roots when I was a little kid. And then what, what's the other one? Amistad or there's all these different movies that just show African slave, slavery, and it's horrible, you know? It could be. They, they will often show the worst part of it. You know, there's a book recently came out, 12 Years a Slave. And in that, this is Solomon, he was, a, he was free. He was not a slave. He got kidnapped in Washington while performing. He was a, a violinist, and he was performing and got kidnapped there. And he worked for a guy for many years. Mm-hmm. Being an educated man, he could read and write. And he actually says in his own book, had he stayed there, he would not have thought slavery was so bad. He worked for a Christian man okay. who, that what you end up seeing happen was he said that he wouldn't have had a problem with it because he, he lived a good life. And then he got sold to someone that just was the epitome of the worst of, of all evils, and that's where he had problems and saw the worst side of it. And so the equivocation you see people do is they're going to take what the Bible talks of slavery and say that's the same as what we're talking about with the African slave trade. Hmm. And they're not the same. And this is the the equivocation they make. Their argument is that because we know slavery is wrong and the Bible endorses slavery, the Bible's wrong. Right. Problem is the Bible doesn't endorse the slavery of the African slave trade. One, in the Bible it's really clear that kidnapping a person is wrong. Yeah. Another thing you see in the Bible is that the slavery of maybe not the outside countries, but the slavery discussed that God speaks of wasn't one of property ownership. It was one where if you 
have a cow that runs away and your neighbor finds it, the neighbor's to return your cow. Mm -hmm. If your slave runs away, the Bible's clear that the slave does not get returned. Why? Because he's not property. Huh. The other thing that people don't understand when they think of this slavery is slavery is a case where you don't get, you don't make money. You, you work for someone and they make all the money. That's not the Old Testament slavery. Old Testament slavery, you got a half day's wage. So you were paid. What was the slavery? It was an employment system. It was a way where if people who couldn't take care of themselves, they couldn't manage their own money, they would get themselves into debt and they would either sell themselves as a slave or they'd be indebted to someone and they'd work for that person as a slave to work off their debt. They would get a half day's wage and the other half day's wage went to paying off their debt. Mm -hmm. And so they could still have family outside of, of being a slave and pay them, but the master had the responsibility of caring for them. He had to pay for the food, housing, and all of this. And so some people preferred being the slave because someone else took care of all the needs. They would get a smaller amount of money, but they got paid. The closest thing in our day and age that we can really examine this would be Japan in the 80s. Because in the 80s, Japan the companies owned everything. You work for a company, they own everything. They take care of your education, your housing, your car, your TV, your jeans. It's all owned by the company. They own everything. The idea being, if they own everything, the better they do, the better you do. So you'd want to work more to, to make the company profitable. But you didn't go switching companies. And people worked for a company for generations. Your kids worked for the same company as you worked for, same with your grandkids. Because you didn't just go switching companies it was almost like the slavery of the Bible. Hmm. They had the responsibility to care for all of your needs and you got paid, but you didn't get paid as much as you could if you were out on your own. And that was the employment system. So that's more what we'd see when we see the, the slavery in the Bible. It's interesting because you, you, you talk about people selling them, basically selling themselves into slavery in order to pay off a debt. And this was during a time when we didn't have credit cards, when we didn't have mortgages, when basically if a person couldn't feed themselves, they're gonna die somewhere in the desert. So for them to put themselves in the home, in the household of someone who could afford to feed them and clothe them and take care of them in an agrarian society where it's either life or death based on whether you have enough to to survive or not, you know? It's, it's uh, you know, not saying it would be a good thing to be a slave, but, it, but it's a whole lot better than starving to death. Well, see, so, much of people, so many people don't understand because they don't take the time to properly interpret the scriptures. Right. They don't try to understand the culture of the time. They wanna, they wanna read into the culture our day and age, yeah. and it doesn't fit. They, they have such issues with, well, you're telling me if someone, if someone rapes a woman, the woman has to marry the rapist. Well, what was her other choice in that culture? Starving to death. Right. It, it was in, and it wasn't that she had to marry him. He had a responsibility mm -hmm. because he ruined her. She was no longer a virgin. He ruined her. He now had a responsibility right. to care for her as a wife. He had to love her and take care of her and take care of all of her needs and show her the love he, that's due to a wife. And that was now his responsibility. Yeah. He had to, to pay the, the, back then, you know, you get married, you pay a dowry. He'd have to do all that. Well, not, not too long ago in America, we had this saying, the shotgun wedding, where if a guy, you know, violates a woman or, or basically takes her virginity away before they get married, here comes dad with the shotgun and he's going he's gonna to make him be responsible for what he's done. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so, so what I'm hearing is like every other thing in scripture, we just need to look at things in context. 
context of the, the chapter itself, the book of the Bible, and also the culture of, of just what's going on at the time. Yeah. Okay, so you, you've given us the background. What is just kind of a quick way that you would deal with a heckler? You're open-air preaching, and along comes Mr. <laughs> Skeptic, and he's, and he's proud, and he just yells out, well, you're a Christian, you, you, you think that slavery's okay. How, how, what's, what's like a quick thing you say? Because yeah. obviously you're not gonna, you, you they're, not the gi- they're not gonna give you 10 minutes to explain yeah. all that. You don't have the time on, on a box to, to answer those yeah. sort of things in detail like is needed. There's two things I focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, one is I'll ask the person, when you speak of slavery, you mean where one person owns another person and the person has no rights of their own? Yes. You mean this when you speak of slavery that someone who they don't get paid, they work for someone else and they don't get paid? Yes. And then I go, okay, that's not the slavery of the Bible because the slavery of the Bible, they got a half day's pay, so they did get paid and they were, they were not considered property, so it's not the same slavery as you're speaking of. Yeah. And oh, by the way, the slavery in the Bible, you can only be a slave for seven years before you were set free in Judaism. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just okay. not the same slavery. Yeah. You know, now, what I sometimes do on the streets mm-hmm. is when they bring up the slavery, I'll say, I'll get them to say, so you're saying it's wrong to say this is my property? And they'll say yes. And they say, well, can I ask you a question? Do you support abortion? Mm-hmm. I did this at a debate. Metzlick was doing a debate with David Smalley, and I, I ended up turning to him. And the whole debate is over moral issues. Right. And slavery was coming up. And so David Smalley, I get up to ask a Q&A, it's open Q&A, I get up to David Smalley and I just said, Mr. Smalley, do you support abortion? And he knew exactly where I was going with this and he was like, <laughs> oh boy. He goes, I'm glad, I goes, I'm glad I'm debating him and not you. <laughs> because what ends up happening with that is what is abortion? The argument is this is my body. Yeah. But what's the difference between saying this is my property and this is my body? Huh. Nothing. The, well, the real difference is this is my property doesn't end in death. Right. This is my body does. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, just like with so many other issues, when you're open air preaching, the opposition is throwing something at you that it just comes down to they just don't know what they're talking about. They don't know the context. And quite frankly, they usually don't care. They just have this thing that they're throwing at you in order to shut you up in the hopes that that's what's, what it's going to do. Now, slavery, one of the things that sadly is, is very interesting about that, a lot of people just look at it as an issue of the past, but the reality is there's still slavery going on today. What do you have to say about that? The modern day slavery is also called human trafficking. Yeah. And the majority of human trafficking, now there's human trafficking that is where people are kidnapped and forced into labor the way we think of slavery. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, today, the majority of human trafficking is sex slaves. Mm. It is uh, the sex industry. It is a $150 billion industry, that's with a B. This is the second largest industry in the world. This is, these are women who are being forced into you know, the pornography that all these people are watching and they're thinking that these girls want to do this. Right. Most of these girls are duped into doing this. Most of these girls are kidnapped and they have no way out of this. When you, the sad thing is, there's no way to get actual statistics because so much of this is underground. Sure. But the statistics say that there are there could be up to or well over a hundred million people that are caught and human trafficked today, and this is globally. The, the one of the the three largest countries is the United States, Philippines, and Mexico are the largest areas for human trafficking. 
people, the majority of it are women and children. The, the average age of women being, or children really, being brought into human sex slaves is between 12 and 14 years old. They're runaway girls. They're, they're girls that, that it's, it's so sad because what it is, a lot of it is, is people who are, they're trying to escape their home, what they think is a bad situation, and they trust some person they, they think they meet on the internet and get into a far worse situation. It is 0.04% of women that escape from human trafficking. So the reality is the majority of people, that, and you think 100,000, 100 million people, and only 0.04% can escape. The, the majority of these people, when they get caught in this, they are considered worse than property, and they're disposable. Right. There's a, a group that, that works to try to you know, find people that are human trafficking, a bunch of police officers. And it was very interesting because they had said, you know, when you, the issue with human trafficking is so much worse than, than, drug, than dealing with drugs because when you buy and sell drugs, once you sell your product, you're done and you have to go get more product. But in human trafficking, once you have a product, you can keep reproducing uh, that yeah. income without needing more product. And so they prey on innocent... The sad thing is this. One of the biggest groups trafficked that they prey on is Christians because they're more trusting. Wow. And so there's a majority of Christian women that get kidnapped because they're trying to leave what they think is their fundamentalist, legalistic parents, and they go to run away with someone on the, online that's going to help them, and then they're trapped in a far worse situation. Wow. And so it's, this is a global issue, and it really has... It, you know, human trafficking, modern slavery, wasn't made illegal until year 2000. It, it was George W. Bush that was when he first got into being president that he signed a bill that outlawed it in America. Uh, this is the big thing that we see coming in from Mexico, these women. And once they cross the lines, once a woman is, is exported out of the United States when she's from the United States or she's from Mexico and comes into the U.S., you, you lose the ability to have the rights. Mm. And so you don't have the access. If you don't speak the language, you're even right. more of a deficiency. So they, they, the trafficking actually does, they try to move them to where they have less ability to get oh, out. That makes sense. Things like the Super Bowl, yeah. Number one event for human trafficking. I've heard about this. There's news reports on this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is something that people want to talk about slavery. Well, then you should be against human trafficking. Hmm. But the majority of people who are going to challenge us on, about slavery on the streets support the human trafficking industry with their dollars in the pornography they industry. pornography. You know, why won't it be addressed at the, at the upper levels of our government? We've already seen with, you know, Epstein. They're not going to go stop it when they, they'd be found guilty, hmm. right? So, you know, this is the problem. This is a huge ep epidemic that we have in America. And unfortunately, there's, there are Christian groups that are actively trying to do something about it. But it's a very dangerous thing to try to, yeah. to get involved with. Well, another thing that's, that's so... Heartbreaking about that. If, if if officers are looking for drugs, it's you know they do a drug drug bust. It's obvious, and and everyone kind of know who the bad guys are. With human trafficking, so often when someone sees a prostitute, or maybe they might you know think of or pornography on the internet, they're not really thinking this woman is a victim, someone who has been kidnapped, and they're now being exploited in this way. 
you, you know, it's not like anyone can spot them, like, this person is a victim. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just such a twisted thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just so difficult. If someone wants um, more information on this or, or to try to figure out how they can possibly help in any way, do you, do you know of any groups yeah. that are Let me, are let me give you the number for the human trafficking hotline. Okay. And you can text it. Their phone number is one 373 7888 and you can also text them at 233-733. And so the, that's, there's, that's the human trafficking hotline. Mm -hmm. There's also a Christian group called A21 okay. that is trying to do it. And they, they actually try to go in, and what they're doing is they're trying to go in, find these women. And for some of these girls, they deal with girls that have been kidnapped at very young ages. And they're... they're don't know how to adapt in life. That's all they know. It's you know it's a, a crazy thing to think about when most girls are in high school thinking about getting ready for their prom, mm -hmm. and there's some girls who've been kidnapped and they're looking at their next John. And some of these women have to end up sleeping with up to 40 men a day. And wow. they're just they you know and if they don't if they don't follow the rules that they're given they get gang raped as a punishment. Mm -hmm. So it's and and th these these. People that do this, they don't waste any of it. All this pornography people watch, a lot of this is punishment to the girl for doing wrong. They're going right. to teach her a lesson, and they don't want to waste any of it, so they take footage of it, mm. and they put it online, and guys are sitting there paying to watch this stuff. Mm. So this is, it's, it's a huge problem, and it's something that, unfortunately, people aren't looking to do anything with, and it's such a huge industry that they got the money to keep it going. Yeah. You know, and you, you think about these poor girls. I mean, this is someone's daughter you know, that is caught in this. Right. And it's just devastating to, to think about what they, what they do to people. Uh, well, that's, that's horrendous. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking out that, that group, and I'm sure I could find them online and, you know, get more information on them. So one more question I want to ask you, just kind of overarching issue with all this stuff. You know, you think about s slavery and then human trafficking, you know, you think about just all the hardships people have in life, whether it's something that you can look at and say, well, this is a crime this person brought it about himself, or some other kind of challenge. You know, as you know, my, my son, he was in a horrific automobile accident, and it's caused all kinds of challenges for our family. And one of the questions that comes up, both with believers and unbelievers, is why doesn't God solve challenges for people in their life? Why, why, doesn't, why doesn't God just fix things, you know? Why is it that God just, just you know, allows these things to happen? Yeah, we, would, we want to have this fairy tale view of life, everything works out. Right. <laughs> it would be so nice. Heaven's not yet. Mm. <laughs> we still have life. And there are times where I think we don't often see what God is doing in the background. I, I remember in New York once, I was in New York City at Union Square and I walked up to a gentleman and I tried sharing the gospel with him and he's, he, his response to me is, God doesn't exist. And I said, well, what's your best evidence that God doesn't exist? A Greg Coco model, right? Someone makes a claim, I'm yeah. gonna ask a question. So what's your best evidence that God doesn't exist? He says, when I was a child, I prayed because I have a mental handicap that doesn't let me learn like other people. And I prayed fervently for God to take that away, and he never did. So there is no God to answer prayers. And I, so I start talking to him a little bit more. Right. 
Come to find out that, you know, because of his, his handicap, he had to work harder in school than other students. Mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, he wanted to make sure he got the same grades everyone else had. So he, to, for him to get A's, he had to work harder. And he, when he got to a job, he didn't, things didn't come easy for him. He had to work harder than everyone else. Turns out the guy was vice president of his company. Hmm. So I turned to him after finding this out, and I said, let me ask you a question, Joel. Do you think you would be president of your company if you didn't have to work so hard? He thought about it, goes, no. I said, would you have worked as hard if God answered that prayer that day? And he stopped and he thought about it and went, no, I guess not. I said, so actually, God not answering your prayer got you to be vice president of your company yeah. where you're able to do all these things that you, you enjoy doing now. And he was like, you know, I never thought of it that way. Mm. And what he needed was a change of perspective. Yeah. And I think that's what we often need. We want God to give us everything we want. We're like the little spoiled child that wants God to give, give me, give me, give me, give me, right. give me, right? The, the child we never want to see in the grocery store right. or the restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, we, that we want to play parenting, correct? Yeah. But the reality is God has other things he's working that we don't always know. Yeah, I think of in Romans chapter 9, verse uh, 23. He, he's, he's answering here the, this whole thing. I'll start in 22 just so we get to context. What if God, desiring to show his wrath, and you say, wait a minute, God wants to show his wrath? Yeah, God desiring to show his wrath, to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy. Hmm. You see, if you think about that, God, he's saying there, there's all these attributes God has that if he didn't allow things to happen in our life, we would never see these attributes. But if we tune him out because we're looking at ourself, we're never gonna see what, how he's working. Right. And God's working on things we often don't even recognize. And he's working at, you know, his, where we could see his attributes. How do you get a view of God's long suffering? You gotta suffer for a long time. <laughs> exactly. We, we, when we see that how long suffering he is with us, it's us when we're sinning for a long time and he isn't punishing us. Hmm. But then we end up seeing his grace and his mercy in times like that. We go, I'm so undeserving of this. Yeah. You see, and those attributes get seen when we go through trials. The reality is the worse the trial we go through, the greater God looks. Hmm. Is what you end up seeing if you read through 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that, that whole chapter. But as he talks about our, our bodies, you know, as they, they, they start to fail, the more our bodies fail, the greater we look forward to being with him in heaven, right? The greater we look forward to that. Why? Because of that contrast. The more we suffer now, the more we appreciate Christ. Now, if our view is of self, we're not gonna appreciate Christ. So we need that change of mindset, that change of perspective where we focus, God, what are you gonna do through this? You, I can't even imagine what you've gone through with your son. I mean, I, I pray and I'm, I, I just, I, I cannot even fathom that. Um, and so in no, in no way is, is this a comparison, but sure. I, I recently had some health issues. Unfortunately, some issues that Ray and I, Ray Comfort and I got to, um, <laughs> to Ray's like, Brother, we have some things in common. I said, Ray, these are some things I never want to have in common with any other man. But I had to have a, a, an emergency procedure yeah. where Ray had this had a son similar. He had it for three days. I had it for like two weeks, uh, and and it was it was just not fun. I will just leave it at this. <laughs> but it was a thing where I'm going through this. And I'm saying, I, at first I'm like, this is horrible. I'm hating life, and then 
someone said something, a brother said something, and just he, it set me straight. And it was, I'm thinking of my friend Justin Peters and what he goes mm. through having cerebral palsy every yeah. day. And it takes him three hours to get dressed. We go and travel and speak together. I, I, have, to, I have to help him put his socks and shoes on. Right. And as I'm sitting here and I'm having my wife put her, my socks and shoes on because I can't do it. And I'm thinking about him and I'm like, you know, I've never heard this brother complain ever, ever, in all the time I've been with him. And I'm like, what am I doing complaining? I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a bad situation for a short period of time, four weeks at the most before they do this operation that's gonna hopefully solve the problem. And, and we're hoping it did, but the, the thing is, what am I doing? I should be looking, how can I be glorifying God in this? Now, I haven't figured that out yet, right. but it changed my perspective completely, and I just started saying, you know what, Lord, because of this situation, I can't, I can't do much of the work I used to do. I'm just gonna spend more time in prayer, because hmm. that's all I can do, listening to the Bible, that's all I could do. I can't sleep, I can't do anything much, so that's what I was doing. I was just like, how do I glorify you, Lord? And maybe there'll be a time that God reveals, oh yeah, you, you, you were able to glorify me in some other way, or maybe I could be a blessing to some other person at some point. But it changed my perspective immediately, just going, God, how can I glorify you through this, not how do you get me yeah. out of this? That's great. And you know, um, it's, it's always all about perspective. When we're focused on our desires, our wants, our, our joy, and our, our comfort, basically. Um, not Ray comfort, a different comfort. Not Ray comfort. <laughs> He's our comfort, too, but a different kind of comfort. Yeah, when we're focused on ourselves, when we, when we got ourselves as the main thing in our perspective, things are going to be a whole lot different than keeping God in the center of our perspective. So thanks so much, Andrew, for uh, you know taking the time to, to uh, answer those questions. I'm sure they're going to help a lot of people and, and just thinking in a biblical way. And so we both have podcasts that are plays off of our names. Yours, Romans Road, Eddie Roman, and mine is the Rap Report for Rappaport. That's right, <laughs> Rappaport. All right, so de definitely check out the Rap Report with Andrew Rappaport. Thanks so much, Andrew. Thank you, Eddie, for having me on. Two, two, two great books and one website. Visit strivingforeternity.org. There are two books that I would like to recommend you purchase. What they, meaning people who aren't Christians, other religions believe, and what we believe. Systematic Theology Made Simple. Both are great resources, especially if you plan on witnessing to somebody. Strivingforeternity.org. Hopefully this episode has encouraged you. If you want to help this podcast spread far and wide, you can give us a good review on iTunes and just share it with your friends and family. And I'll see you next time when we take another trip down the Romans Road. Ray Comfort here. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please take a moment to do so now. On your phone's podcast app, search for Romans Road, and when you find it, hit subscribe. It's free, and by doing so, you'll get all episodes past, present, and future. Then when you're finished, head over to livingwaters.com for a huge collection of evangelism videos, articles, tracks, and resources to help you share the gospel with those around you. That's livingwaters.com. Thanks for listening to Roman's Road. If you want to learn how to evangelize, check out my book, Search and Rescue, available at eddyroman.com. On my website, you'll also find videos and other things to encourage you to preach the gospel to your friends and family. That's eddyroman.com. See you next time. Yeah.